You're listening to The Crossroad Podcast with Joey and Kylie Willis. Through redefining effective leadership, The Crossroad Podcast explores what it means to live a life of intention and purpose. Join us as we explore the ins and outs of effective leadership and vibrant living. Welcome to The Crossroad Podcast. I'm Kylie Willis and I'm here with Joey Willis. Joey, say hi. Hello. And in the last episode, we talked about victim versus freedom mentality. Today, we are going to be talking about what to do when you find yourself in the victim circle. Getting out of the victim circle is all about taking ownership of the three things that you can control. In this world of how many million people? Billion people do we have, Joe? Several. Seven maybe more than 7 billion people, there is only one person that you can control. So we're going to talk about the three things that you as a person can control, which all have to do with yourself and have absolutely nothing to do with anybody else. Uh, Joe, do you want to start with the first one? What's the first thing that you can control? Well, the first thing that you can control is your choices or another way of saying it is your behavior. So you have to take ownership of the decisions that you make. They are in your realm of control. You cannot control the choices of other people. You can't control the way that people are going to respond to your choices. You can't control the consequences for the choices that you make, but you can control the decisions uh, that you commit to. So I have this example that I love to use from my time as a youth pastor I would talk to, especially junior high girls, this seemed to be a thing, but it was true for all teenagers. And the story would often go something like this. The student would tell me about some person in their class that was doing something really terrible to them. So they might say, um, you know, he told a lie about me or spread, you know, spread a rumor about me. And I would say, okay, what did you do in response to that? It's like, well, I, you know, beat him up during lunch. It's like, okay, well, what happened next? Well, he was mad about me beating him up. And so he um, spread some more rumors about me. And like this cycle just continues on and on. And so five years later, these two people are still fighting one another, slashing tires, stealing each other's girlfriends. Uh, They've become mortal enemies. And in a large sense, they don't even really remember why. They've just somehow decided to be each other's nemesis. And a big part of that is that they are not taking ownership of their own action. So imagine that you and I are standing across from one another and I hit you in the face. And you think, well, he just hit me in the face. I'm very justified in hitting him in the face. So you hit me back. Well, now I'm very upset and I feel very justified in returning that once again. And I say, you can't hit me. So I hit you. Well, what are you going to do? You're going to have the same reaction. And what ends up happening is that we just end up trading blows back and forth over the years. And the solution is very easy. All it takes is for one of the two of us to change a choice And we feel like we can. If we get punched in the face, we feel like my only option is retribution, vengeance, to try to control the situation 
by making the other person feel the same pain that I do. And when that doesn't work, it's not over when we do that because the other person feels like, well, I have to control the situation by making the other person, me, feel the same pain that I felt. So we just go through this this uh, never-ending cycle of trading blows. And the solution, as I'm saying, is all it takes is me saying, I'm going to control my choice. Every time I choose to hit you, it's an active choice that I am making, that I am responsible for. It doesn't matter the context. It doesn't matter uh, how I feel or, or what I think um, you deserve in a vengeance type of way. I've got to take ownership of what I'm doing. And so five years from now, when we've traded blows back and forth, I've got a bruised and bloody face, and I'm really frustrated and angry at you about it. But the truth is, where four years ago, I could have said, I'm just not going to do this blow for blow thing. I'm going to make a different decision. And it would have changed the entire trajectory, not just for you, but for me as well. My face would be much less bloody and bruised in, in that scenario if I would make a different choice. And so again, it's the difference between victim mentality and freedom mentality. In victim mentality, we think I have no choice here. And the only way that things are going to be better is if this other person pays for what they've done. If this other person is controlled, is put in their place, we'll often use that language. And the reality is it just doesn't it doesn't work. We get ourselves into this cycle. Uh, on the other hand, freedom mentality is saying this person has done something to me and it may be wrong, it may be terrible, but I have a choice in how I'm going to respond. And I am responsible for that choice. I am responsible for taking ownership of the decision that I make. Yeah, we spend so much time and energy trying to control the choices and behaviors of other people, but so often we give up our own agency to control ourselves and our choices and behavior. Um, and if we would just do that, then um, the world would be a much different place. Uh, one of the examples that I think about is the idea of forgiveness. Um, when we are harboring a grudge against somebody, that's an active choice that we are making. And it's not actually affecting the other person as much as it is affecting us. It's affecting our thought life. It's affecting our heart, the way that we feel about this person, the way that we react and behave towards this person. And making the active choice to let go of that and forgive that other person, even if they have wronged you or hurt you in some way, is actually in your best interest as well, because it gives you the freedom to not have to think so much about how angry you are at that person. It frees your emotions. It frees your heart from being shackled to these uncomfortable and angry feelings towards this person. If we're talking about effective leadership and what it means to lead effectively, We've used the imagery of a crossroad, but another image we could use is a coin. And there's two sides of the coin of effective leadership. One side is responsibility, and the other side is influence. Hmm. And what we tend to do is kind of get those backwards so that instead of influence, we try to take responsibility for others, which, which is another way of saying control others. 
we try to be responsible for the things that we're not responsible for. And then our perversion on the other side is that we avoid the things that we should take responsibility for. And so when we get that mistake on both sides, what we're really doing is flipping the true nature of how leadership works and how it's designed to be and turning it inside out. And so there's no wonder that our effectiveness suffers and our sense of who we are as an individual suffers because responsibility is about our own character. And we so often try to make our responsibility be taking care of or punishing other people to the detriment of being responsible for ourselves. And on the other side of the coin, instead of trying to influence and empower other people uh, and kind of let go of our attempts to control them, which is what leadership really is. It's about influencing, empowering others. We basically kind of let go of our own self. We let go of our own sense of identity and we let ourselves off the hook. We don't uh, challenge ourselves. We don't hold ourselves responsible. We don't, um, we don't take ownership of what we ought to be doing as an individual human being. And we give ourselves over to things like emotions and circumstances and whatever kind of blows here and there. And so we sacrifice our sense of responsibility for a sense of, um, I would say, to finish off the analogy, like empowering our emotions rather than taking ownership of the deep character within us. The second thing that we can control, um, which is very challenging for all of us, is our perspective um, or our attitude, the way that we think about the world, the way that we think about other people. Um, So I have a really great example of this. Um, Joe and I sometimes travel for work and we flew down to Atlanta one time. And uh, if you've ever driven in Atlanta, there is plenty of traffic. And we were taking the I-85 north out of the city. And I almost always drive. Um, I enjoy driving. Joe doesn't like it as much. And I like driving fast. Um, I like driving in the fast lane. I like to kind of be just going a little bit quicker than everybody else on the highway, if we're completely honest. And so we're booking it down the I-85. And suddenly, I'm not going as fast as I want to be going because there is someone who is in front of me in the fast lane who is going slower than me. And I start to get frustrated. I start to get angry because I want to be going faster than this guy. And I'm stuck behind him. And he isn't moving over into the middle lane so that I can pass him. And so I I have a little bit of a tantrum in the car. Um, that's a, a kind way of saying it. And I'm really annoyed. And Joe leans over. And he just puts his hand on my knee and he goes, sweetie, you're such a healthy individual. And he didn't mean it to be condescending. He meant it to, like, give me a bit of a wake up, a shake to say, like, this is something that you can control. The way that you are thinking right now, the way that this guy is driving is not something that you can control. But the way that you are reacting to not getting what you want, Um, your perspective about the human in the car in front of you is not 
healthy. And it's something that you can actually take ownership of. And it like really snapped me out of like the attitude that I had towards this vehicle ahead of me, towards how fast I was going. Um, I eased up off the gas quite a bit. I moved into the middle lane and just sort of enjoyed the drive a little bit more. Um, I calmed down and it's so interesting and so easy for us to blame other people for our attitude, for our perspective. Um, when we have conflict, when we get into a fight, I say, Joey's making me angry. He's making me angry. Really, like what Joey's doing is triggering a reaction in me, but I have the choice whether or not I'm going to get angry at him um, in in response to that thing that he has triggered, in response to one of my values being pressed. And so it's an active choice on my behalf how I am going to respond to him. I can respond in anger, but again, he's not making me angry because I can also choose to be calm. I can also choose to be rational. I can also choose to be kind in those situations instead of blowing up and cursing and freaking out. Um, I can choose to sit and talk with my husband and work out the conflict as opposed to um, sort of flipping my lid. So anyways, um, People can't make you angry. People do not control your emotions um, or your perspective. Only you do. And as people who are in leadership, it is up to us to take ownership of that perspective and be intentional about choosing how we are going to think about the people around us and the world. When we were traveling around... <laughs> We would often play this game when people were just like miserable, having a hard time. Um, you know, we sick of sleeping outdoors. It was raining on us. We've been on a bus for 12 hours or something like that. And we called it the thankfulness game. So anytime somebody was like, you know, complaining a whole lot or there was just this general attitude of being down, being negative, someone would bust out the question, the infamous question, what are you thankful for? And we would have, like, the person who was being asked the question would have to list three things, three honest things in that moment that they were thankful for. And, of course, whenever that happened to me, my first reaction was always to be a bit sarcastic. Um, <laughs> you know, oh, I'm thankful that I'm not drowning in this rain. I'm just soaked in it, stuff like that. But then we were pressed to really say, like, oh, I'm actually thankful that we – can laugh about this and that I'm experiencing this together. I'm thankful that I'm traveling across the world. And even though I'm getting poured on in Cambodia, there's a lot of people who would spend their lives to uh, spend a lot of money and, and who would dream of coming to do an adventure like what we're doing. So all of what we're saying here isn't easy. Um, it isn't simple. And it is against the paradigm of what the world tells us. Hmm. The world tells us that we're kind of victims to what's happened to us. If the weather's bad, you're in a bad mood and it's the weather's fault, right? If you feel miserable about something and your boss is a jerk, that's justified. That's just how it works. That's the nature of how attitude works. But the truth is you have ownership over your attitude. And as crazy as it might sound – 
when your boss has yelled at you and you're walking away, obviously that has a huge effect on you. But as you walk away, you have a choice to say, okay, this hurts and I'm upset about this, but what is going to be my response? How am I going to feel about it? We live in New York and just a couple of weeks ago, I got mugged. This guy on the street just came and like took my book of all things and then shoved me over this like pile of trash. And when I got up, I just like walked away because I didn't want anything to escalate. I also had a lot more valuable things in my backpack that the guy seemed to ignore. But I, my, my first thought was this poor guy, right? Like this guy is in a situation where he feels like this is justified or necessary or whatever, right? And I could have just as easily been mad at the guy, but it's up to me. I get to choose the perspective. And I wasn't about to walk back up to the guy and hand him the rest of my things. But the point is that I get to take ownership of how I respond to the things that happen to me. And it's not about ignoring things that are difficult. It's not about not allowing myself to feel negative emotion. It's about, like Kylie saying, owning those negative emotions. So when I'm angry, saying, this is my anger. This isn't this isn't just this like anger that was thrust upon me because of what Kylie did or what my boss said to me. This is an anger that I that is coming from my value system, and I've got to take ownership of that. And that's the only hope of me using that anger to then move into a healthier response. It's okay to say, this is my anger, or this is my sadness. This is how I'm feeling about this. But to understand that, that that's yours and that you have the ability and the opportunity to own that. And it doesn't, you shouldn't just pick, uh, you can't, you, well, you shouldn't just pick happy emotions all the time because that's not hmm. truth. Um, you should say, I feel sad and that's the appropriate feeling, and, but it's mine. I'm going to own it. I'm going to feel this thing because it's true for for me and for where I'm at right now. But in the midst of that, uh, what am I going to do? What choices am I going to make? What is my action going to be? Uh, again, tying it back into the first thing that you can control. So both of these, your actions and your attitude, we're talking about how do you move yourself out of victim mentality and into freedom mentality. And the real key to that is how do I transition from blame, blaming others to a sense of ownership? How do I move from a sense of somebody else uh, has made me angry and they need to change to, okay, somebody else has made me angry or somebody else has triggered my anger. Uh, what do I need to do in response? And the first thing that you need to do is just like acknowledge that you are angry and that that's yours to, to own and take responsibility for. But that's the only way we can move out of victim mentality is by taking ownership of it and saying, all right. How am I going to choose to move forward? Otherwise, as my example before, you're going to try to do something to hurt your boss or to hurt somebody else that has nothing to do with it, like your spouse, as a form of vengeance or a form of release that feels you know, justified in the back of your mind, the back of your heart, uh, because you feel hard done by. And so we create these cycles and these systems of victim mentality. If we want to get out of it, We've got to do the hard work of taking ownership of who we are and how we respond. 
The third thing that we can control is who we trust. This one is really challenging sometimes and is one that I actually find myself actively wrestling with when I am struggling with my perspective and my choices. Um, I think all three of these things like really blend well together and you have to be aware of them within your life. Uh, Joe and I actually just had a a bit of a conflict um, this past weekend about something. Um, We're moving and there's a lot going on with that and life is really crazy and really busy right now. And we think about things so differently that like clearly there's going to be conflict at some point in time. And so we had this conflict about packing or something like that. I can't even remember exactly what it was. But um, during the conflict, what I have to remind myself of all the time is him and I are on the same team and I trust him. He wants what is best for me. And even though I'm having a really difficult time right now, I can't control what he's going to do, but I get to choose whether or not I'm going to trust him in this. And I'm going to trust that he has my best interest at heart. And so that is not only taking ownership of who you trust, but it's also taking ownership of your perspective and the choice that you have to play within that within that conflict, right? One of my guilty pleasures is some, some, not all, but some reality TV shows like Survivor and um, Big Brother. And Annabelle, our marketing uh, person at Crossroad, also loves Big Brother. And we talk about it often. One of the things that I like about it is that it really like shows a lot about how humans think about trust. And so... You get this fascinating situation where people are on this show where there can be one winner and everybody knows up front that the point of the game is to get everybody else out so that you're the last person standing. But still, they'll say things that are just like, oh, this other contestant just did something to go against me, which just shows that they're in this just for themselves. (laughs) <laughs> and it's like, well, of course they're in this for themselves. There's only one winner. What what do you expect another contestant to walk in and kind of give you a million dollars or to fight for you over and against what's in their own best self-interest? And so the idea of trust and how trust plays in these shows is really interesting because in a sense, you do have to trust people uh, because you need alliances. You can't just do it on your own. But in another sense, the people that you're in alliance with, you can't fully trust. So everybody in these games is trying to figure out this balance of who do I trust? How much do I trust them? Um, And they also, what I think is fascinating about the shows is they also kind of lose touch with reality in terms of um, the fact that at the end of the day, you can't really trust anybody. Even though in those shows they say that, they say you can't trust anybody, but then they're furious when somebody does something that goes against what what they wanted. And part of that is because deep down they did trust this other person and maybe even uh, in a foolish sort of way to their own detriment, they trusted that this person was going to do the thing that was in the best interest of me rather than in the best interest of that other person's self. And so it's an interesting facet, an interesting dynamic that's at play in those shows. Uh, I, I read in a book a couple of weeks ago that 
Um, nobody can hurt you unless you trust them, unless you kind of give them the space to hurt you. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I necessarily agree with that across the board, but I think it's interesting that handing out trust and the way that we um, the way that we navigate and own and take responsibility for our own sense of trust plays an important part in uh, in how we live and how we progress. And so to Kylie's point, sometimes we need to double down and check ourselves and say like, wait, I really trust this person. That's fine. And then sometimes we need to say like, okay, maybe I shouldn't trust this person. Mm. Uh, maybe, maybe this is not, maybe my, maybe my trust is misplaced. And again, the whole point of getting out of the victim circle and into the freedom circle is to take ownership and to take control of the few things that you can take control of. And one of those things is to just say like, okay, this person has hurt me too deeply or too many times and isn't in alignment with sort of my set of vision and values for my life. So I'm just going to choose not to trust them anymore. And that's not an, I don't want to be flippant about that. That's a difficult choice, but that is a choice that, that we can make and that we can take control of. It also brings us back to setting healthy boundaries. Um, We talked about the Freedom V, but when somebody goes outside of the boundaries of the Freedom V, outside of expectations, even within relationships, within work dynamics or anything like that, like you have the ability and the power to set healthy boundaries. And so um, if you choose not to trust somebody, you can set boundaries that say, okay, because I don't trust this person, these are things that I am not going to engage in. These are things I'm not going to do. These are lines that I'm going to draw in order to keep myself safe, to protect myself, in order to ensure that expectations are fulfilled. Here's another thing that's not helpful. The attitude that we sometimes adopt of like, I'm just not going to trust anything or anybody but myself, right? And the reality is you can't do that. Here's something that's a bizarre thing to think about. You are trusting in a myriad of things throughout the day. You're trusting in gravity. You're trusting in God. You're trusting in your politics. You're trusting in uh, money. Um, you're trusting in the friends that you have. There are a ton of different things that we place our trust in because trust is woven into the fabric of humanity. It's an essential element of community, and community is a necessary part of, of being human. So our trust is being placed in external things all the time. Because we recognize in our heart of hearts that life and the world and existence is bigger than just my one little self. So I've got to kind of attach myself to things that are bigger than me. I've got to trust in something that is outside of myself. And so closing ourselves off from trust altogether is not helpful. We've got to find the right things to place our trust in. And, you know, advertising campaigns are saying trust in us. And you'll be better looking or you'll be healthier or or you'll have the life that you want. You'll get the girl. You'll get the guy. Like trust in what our product can do. And so all of all of these different entities, religion and politics and uh, consumerism are all efforts to try to gain from us that 
uh, treasure of a thing that we can control, which is where we place our trust. And we don't have a choice to opt out of that. We've got to place it somewhere. I'm like playing with this idea right now as Joey talks about the different things that we trust of how many people and areas of our life we place trust in um, and how we need to actively steward those choices. Um, For example, um, we place trust in the pilots who fly our airplanes. Um, And one of the reasons that we place trust in these things is because they have expert power, right? They have trained, they have learned, and so they have an ability to do something that we do not have an ability to do. So we place our trust in them. If by any chance, they let us down, however, we are going to remove our trust from them because we have had expectations that we've communicated. I trust that you are going to fly me from LAX to LaGuardia. And if you don't fly me there, if for some reason we end up landing in Chicago at O'Hare and you say, okay, this is your stop, get off the plane, I am going to choose to take my trust away from not only this pilot, but probably this airline because they're not taking me where I expected to go. And so I'm just trying to bring it back around to the freedom V again. But (laughs) well, I think I think what we're trying to say with tying this into the freedom V is set boundaries for yourself. And if you're trying to move out of the victim circle into the freedom circle, ask yourself these two questions, these two questions alone. What part do I have to play in whatever's gone wrong? And what can I do moving forward? So instead of looking at the conflict that's happening at work and saying, my boss is an idiot, my coworker's a jerk, instead of looking at your politician and saying, I can't believe he said this. Uh, instead of looking at your spouse and saying, she just doesn't get it, start with that question. What have I done to add to it, to contribute to the situation? Because all of this is about ownership and you've got to take ownership of your part to play. So maybe at work, even my silence, not speaking up or giving feedback has added to the toxic culture of my workplace. Maybe my inability to hear and really listen to what my wife is trying to say has contributed to a dynamic of, you know, mistrust and passive aggressiveness between the two of us. So really, like, ask yourself the question, what is my part to play? Where am I at fault? Because although we like to cast ourselves as the hero and the other person as the villain, The truth is we're all imperfect and we're just crashing up against one another. So where has your imperfection helped contributed to the situation that you're in? And then the second question is, what can you do to move forward? Give give the people at work the feedback that they need or start an initiative that helps um, move your your the culture of your workplace into a more healthier dynamic. You can do something as simple as decide I'm going to write a note to all of my coworkers and say I appreciate who they are and that we get to work together. 
like think of th- about about things that way. Stop thinking about things like what do other people need to do to change hmm. and start thinking about what can I do to make this place better, to make this situation better. How can I take ownership of my ability to influence the things that are around me? This is the very nature of the freedom circle. It's the very nature of leadership. And something as simple as writing a note for people, something as simple as as having the courage to give feedback uh, or just pressing into difficult conversations that might cause conflict um, are things that are helpful. And again, just like the people who are exchanging fisticuffs in my earlier example, if you take that stance, it can change the trajectory of the entire organization that you're a part of. Somebody could get your note and think, that's really amazing. Maybe I'll bring in bagels for someone the next day. And a year from now, you could have this culture of hospitality that's just kind of synergized out of a sense of people slowly uh, moving away from gossip and slander and blame and moving into a focus of what are the things that I can control and how can I use those to steward the places and the and the relationships that I'm in into uh, more effectiveness. So in the next episode, we are going to talk about how to have truth-based conversations with people, conversations that help to um, align others and ourselves to what is actually true and what is actually going on so that we can move forward with accuracy down the path towards our there. Um, One of the things that is missing uh, so much of the time in our world is the actual truth, um, which is reality. And so um, this is just a little bit of a teaser. The next episode is going to be on a here tool called Moment of Truth. Thank you for listening to the Crossroad Podcast. The world is out there waiting for you to become the best leader you can possibly be. We hope our conversations have helped. For more, please visit our website, thecrossroad.net.